0: Turn with me, please, to 1 Samuel this morning. 1 Samuel, the second chapter. We began a few weeks ago on a series we were calling The Honor of God. The Honor of God. And so we want to continue with that this morning. And in 1 Samuel... The second chapter, you see our text, 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30, 1 Samuel 2 and 30. The Lord said in the latter part of the verse, he said, for them that honor me, I will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let me read that again. Think about it. Tell me now who's talking here. God himself is speaking and he said, them are those that honor me, God said. If you honor God, you honor me, I will honor you. Isn't that a tremendous word? Do you think it would be a great thing for God to honor you? Oh my. And is it a fact? Can you count on it? If he said he would do it, he would do it. And he said, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. But he went on to say that they that despise me, which is the exact opposite of honoring, despising, they shall be lightly esteemed. Now here you get another definition of despise. Another way of saying despise is to say lightly esteemed. I know when I first started studying this some years ago, I was a little bit surprised to see that the word uses in the Bible, the word despise, means something a little different than what I had thought. When I think despise, I think of being repulsed by something and just uh, treating something with disgust, despising, but the Bible includes a much broader idea. To just ignore something can be despising. That is that you fail to value it. You fail to appreciate it. I mean, if we're in here talking about the word of God. And somebody comes in and they say, oh, you know, that's just somebody preaching in that old book again. And what is that? You know, it's just a bunch of old literature and that's despising. They come in, you and I are worshiping God, and the Lord's ministering to us, and they go, well, what is that? What good is all that? Then they are not honoring, they are despising. We wouldn't usually use that word today, but that's how the Bible uses the word. Despising means failing to honor, failing to value, failing to appreciate the value and importance of a thing. So when we talk about the honor of God, I think you understand That we live in a generation where a lot of people know nothing about honor. I mean, we have lost so much ground in the past few decades where this subject is concerned. And it is not just a good thing to know and a noble and a right thing to teach and think about. It is essential to receiving from God. It's as basic as getting saved. You're not going to get saved unless you value the word of God. Unless you value what Jesus has done for you. Right? Unless you value the blood. You value the work of the cross. If you think, well, you know, what is that? That means you're going to be lost and stay lost. But how many of you that know you're born again and the work of the cross means something to you? You honor it. You esteem it. You value it. And this is not just a collection of old literature. No. This is the word of the living God. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away. That's right. But this will not pass away. Amen. And there's life in this word. Healing in this word. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But see it only. These things only come to those who see it that way. Who value it that way. You know Jesus said this. He said take heed what you hear. For with the measure you meet to it, that's what will be measured back to you. Take heed how you hear, he said in another place. It's really something how that two people can be in the same service, sitting side by side, hear the same things, see the same things, and one leave bored and the other leave completely changed. <laughs> Why? Because one heard, like the scripture said in Thessalonians. In fact, turn over there and look at it. I could quote it, but 1 Thessalonians, the 2nd chapter. Notice how these people heard Paul when he came and spoke to them. 1 Thessalonians and the 2nd chapter, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. He said, that you would walk worthy of God, who's called you to his kingdom and glory. This is First Thessalonians 2, now 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you That believe. Here you get a revelation. Of why things work for some people. And others it does not. It's because some people receive it. As God. And others just as talk. Hmm. Some people receive it. As the Lord honoring and ministering to them. And others perceive it. And receive it as a waste of time. There's a lot of people that are not in church anywhere this morning because they don't see the point. Why go? Man, this is my free time, my time to sleep in, my time to play, my time to goof off and watch TV, veg out on the couch. They don't see the value like you do. Well, why would you get up this morning and get dressed? Get out in the cold weather. Huh? Why did you, you value something? Amen. Same reason I did. Right. We value the Spirit of God. Amen. And the presence of God. Right. And the church of the Lord. Amen. And the word of the Lord. Amen. 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 Why we stand up here and pray. We can't see who we're praying to. We don't hear with an audible voice. Some people think we're foolish. We all come in here and pray like we're talking to somebody. And they can't see him. Why do we do that? Because we know he's real. Yeah. We know he hears us, yeah. and we know he answers our prayers. Yeah. That's why we do it because things are actually happening. We we'll read testimonies up here, every service. Hallelujah. That didn't just happen accidentally. It didn't just happen automatically. It wouldn't have just happened anyway. It's God when people decide they want to come give you their hard-earned money. These people telling about their brains being healed and memory being restored. That didn't just happen. You don't go for decades and it's not happening and then just, well, it just started happening. Isn't that a curious thing? (laughs) It's a God thing. Somebody prayed. Somebody asked the Lord to do something and he's doing it. Amen. Amen. Well, there are people that despise church. They despise prayer. They despise preachers. But we value the things of God and the people of God and the ministries of God and the church of God. Can you say amen? amen? I'm talking about honor. And how many understand we talked about this some last week. The Lord's very big in delegation. If he said, if you don't receive the one I send, you don't receive me. And if you don't receive me, you don't receive the one who sent me. That's right. And if you don't receive the Holy Spirit, then you didn't receive the one who sent the Holy Spirit. You don't receive Jesus, you don't receive the Father who sent Jesus. Is that right? right. And so he's very, very big on delegation. So when you and I receive each other, not after the flesh, but in God, we're receiving God. Right. And we're honoring God. When we receive the things of God. So the way you show love for God is showing love to people. The way you show respect and honor for God is showing respect and honor for people. Now we begin talking about how to show honor. Practical ways. And the first one we mentioned was reference. R-E-F-E-R. Reference. How you refer to a thing... Shows whether you honor it or not. How you refer to a person. Shows your degree of respect and honor for them. Uh, you don't refer to your father as my old man. That's not enough respect. Did you hear me? You don't refer to your wife as my old lady. Not enough respect. Calling your parents by their first name. Is not enough respect. Are you with me? Yeah. We need to make some adjustments and changes in these things. Amen. And we need to feel comfortable coming before the presence of the Lord. And he is Abba. That's right. Daddy. Amen. Father. But at the same time, you don't want to become uh, so casual in your approach that you're not respectful. That's right. And I've heard people talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and they say, well, you got the ghost. You got the ghost. Well... We need to be reverential. That's right. Yes, we need to be free with him, but we also need to realize who we're talking to. Yeah. Right. And when you come to prayer, you know, I mean, if you came into the president's office uh, for something, you wouldn't just come and sit on the edge of the desk no. and go, hey, Prez, what's up? No. Would you not if you had any sense? Somebody said, well, he's just a man too, like me. Now, see, that's the problem. I said, that's a problem. He is just a man. Everybody, every preacher, every minister, every leader, everybody is just a man or just a woman after the flesh. But if God's given them a place, that's right. did you hear me? Then that place is more than flesh. And sure, you know their flesh like you are. And you know they put their pants on one leg at a time just like you do. And you know that they've got weaknesses and they've made mistakes. You know that. But if you don't respect the place, then you wind up failing to honor God who gave them the place and chose them and put them in the place. God makes choice from among us. And though we're all equally loved and have equal share in redemption, we do not all have equal place in the kingdom Amen. and in the church. I'm going to take some time and talk to you about that this morning, because if you don't believe that, then how are you going to show honor, right, to whom honor is due, like the scripture says. In fact, go with me over to the, well, you're there in First Thessalonians. That's real close to one good place. Go to uh, the fifth chapter, First Thessalonians 5. We said the first thing of how you uh, show respect is how you refer to uh, people and things. It shows honor or lack of honor. Take, you know, a new car. Somebody got a brand new Lincoln Town Car. And that's how you refer to it. You just got it. I mean, you just got it uh, this morning and you pulled it out. Somebody said, what is that? That's my brand new Lincoln Town car. I mean, you'll give the whole name and it's clean. <laughs> Spotless. How I many with me now? Tell me how you refer to something. What is that? Is that your car? Yeah, that's my brand new Lincoln Town car executive. Signature, whatever it is. But you know, six months pass and it's my Lincoln. And it's not nearly as clean as it used to be. Two years pass and it's my car. And it's dirty. Do you see what I'm talking about now? Two things. How you refer to it and how you take care of it. Show how you value it. Well, that's the same way with all things and with all people, how you refer to them and how you treat them or how you take care of them. You know, one of the biggest problems in uh, deterioration of marriage relationships is people losing honor for each other and respect and value for each other. See, the word honor literally has the concept of value. If you honor something, you value it. And the Bible teaches both husbands and wives to honor each other in the New Testament. Wives are told to honor and respect their husbands in Ephesians. And then in 1 Peter, husbands are told to honor their wives. And this is the thing that will protect and sustain, and even help relationships to increase and grow as years pass. You got so many people; it's so sad that they, over a period of time, they take each other for granted. And I mean, when back years ago, they couldn't do enough for them. They were my amazing Wonder Woman sweetheart, my beautiful queen. My this, he's my. Great man, my handsome man, my amazing man, and then after years, he's my cross I bear. <laughs> She's my bane of existence. I mean, people don't say it, but they—how many do they get to these places? And it wasn't because that person necessarily lost value you got to the place where you didn't value them. And the problem is when you don't value people and you don't treat people a certain way, then they're not going to enjoy being around you as much either. Do you like to go where people don't even care if you're there or not? People would rather you would leave. They see you come in and go, ah, it's them. (laughs) Does that make you want to come back? No. No, of course not. Do you enjoy going where you're appreciated? Where people see and go, oh, it's you. And they want to be with you. And they make a big deal out of you being there. You know the Holy Ghost is like that? He goes where he's appreciated. Now, I know he's everywhere present, but I'm talking about he manifests himself. Where he's appreciated. Where he's honored. That's one way that God honors us. How many realize when God manifests his presence and we experience his goodness and his glory and his healing and his deliverance, he's honoring us with his presence. But how many realize now that's in response to what? Us honoring him. One reason we're teaching on these things and talking about, I believe the Lord has led us to. I believe it's a key to us having the things our heart hungers for in God. The more we learn how to respect His things, reverence His things, then the more we're going to see, the more He's going to share. When He sees we know how to value something, He'll give us more. I said when He sees, we know how to value His things. His words, His works, His people, all His things then he's going to give us more. Amen. You know, the Lord sent me, this is, I don't know, what was this? Eight, nine years ago now, I was up north in a meeting. Been there for uh, actually a week or so. And the Lord dealt with me. I was uh, in a time of prayer. And he brought a minister to me a thousand miles away in another place that I knew. And I, I mean, I was praying about something completely different. Wasn't even thinking about this fellow. And the Lord brought him to me and said to me, he said, his automobile is inadequate. I thought, really? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a clue what kind of car he had. Does God care about stuff like that? A lot more than many people ever thought. Not not that he cares about cars. He doesn't care about cars, but he cares about you. And a good car can be a blessing to you. Are sometimes a necessary tool. And so, uh, I thought, really? I mean, it surprised me because I'm praying about this meeting. I'm praying about something else. And this fellow came up in my heart and the Lord said, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but very distinctly he said to me, this man's car is inadequate and doesn't please me. I thought, okay. <laughs> And I just lay there and got quiet a while, and I thought, well, Lord, what about it? You want me to do something about it? He said, I do. Soon as you get home, you get in your little airplane I gave you, and you fly over there, which he had just recently given me. It was paid for. Beautiful little airplane. And uh, he said, you get in there, and you fly over there, and you see him, and he'll hear you're there. And he'll call you, and he'll ask you to speak in his church, and I want you to do it. I said, okay. And here's the thing. I laid there and kept praying about it. He said, you tell the people that uh, this man and his wife are a gift to them from me. And he said, and if they don't value them, he said they could lose them. They could wind up with somebody else that appreciates them. I thought wow you want me to say that he said yeah you tell them just what I tell you and he said you tell them if they'll value him and take care of him with all that he needs and come to find out he was driving a pitiful little wore out piece of junk it was sad no wonder the Lord said that and he said you tell them put him in a nice vehicle and if they don't you will I said, I will? He said, yeah. (laughs) I said, yes, sir. (laughs) And he said, tell them that if they'll learn to honor my gifts, that I will send of my best to them. He's talking about other ministry gifts coming. He said, and they'll be able to keep what they have, and I'll send others to them and tell them that if they'll honor my man and woman, that next time you come, there'll be a lot of new cars in the parking lot. Amen. So I did. I got home, and instead of resting a day or two, fired up my little airplane, flew across the country, and went, sure enough, fella heard I was there. And he called where I was, and he said, uh, won't you speak for me Sunday? I said, you want me to? He said, yeah. I said, okay, if you want me to. <laughs> Just acted real cool, you know. How many you don't have to say everything you know? Just let God work it out. And and so then uh, I didn't say too much to him about what I was going to do. And I got up and I taught on gifts. Remember Ephesians? When he went up on high, he ascended. First he descended into the lower parts of the earth. And he gave gifts to men. And he talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And I told them that their pastor's were gifts to them and that the Lord wanted them to honor them. In fact, just read the scripture right here while we're talking about this because I'm getting to something. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, he said, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now let's just stop right there. Are there those who are over us? In the Lord. Now, a lot of people don't like to even think about this because they think, well, you know, nobody better than me. He didn't say they were better than you. That's right. What did he say? They're over, you. They're over you. Now, let's go to Hebrews. We have to understand this or elsewise our foundation is not even there for showing honor to whom honor is due. Why should somebody receive certain honor in ways that others do not? Why? Or should everybody be just treated completely equally in every respect? Well, no. Everybody should be loved the same. Everybody is blessed the same in redemption. But everybody does not have the same place. Or if you want to use the word rank. Because when you look up these words talks about over and under you've already seen that word if you look up the words in the greek it's a military term it's what they used in describing rank now in hebrews the 13th chapter hebrews thirteen seven. he said remember them which have the rule over you now this is another book Another place in the New Testament, same language, have the rule over you who've spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. You need to consider people, look at their life, look at their fruit, and those that the Lord joins you to and places you under, follow them. Skip on down to the seventeenth verse. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. We're reading out of the New Testament now, right? right? Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Keep reading. What does it say? Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Right. Now notice, now here's the thing that balances this. Didn't say they were going to make you submit. That'll help keep this whole thing straight. Didn't say they're going to help make you submit. Said you're going to do what? You're going to submit yourself to them. I mean, let's, everybody knows the scripture says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. A lot of people don't even believe that's applicable today. They think it's just... I've heard people say, well, Paul had a problem with women. <laughs> well, this is either just Paul or it's the Holy Ghost. We have to make up our mind about that. But men and women... Have gotten so confused and messed up about that passage of scripture, the whole passage. It said, Husbands, love your wives. You know, like Christ loves the church. But husbands and wives read each other's passage. (laughs) Did you hear me? And the husband says, Well, you're supposed to submit to me. She says, Well, you're supposed to love me. And he says, Well, if you'd submit to me like you're supposed to, I could love you like I suppose. Well, if you'd love me like you're supposed to, I could submit to you. We need to read our own mail and leave other people's alone. Next time you read this, I want you to read it like this. When it says, husbands, if you're a wife, you go, that ain't talking to me. I'm not a husband. Hmm. That's God talking to him. That's between him and God. And ladies, don't even tell your husband. Don't even bring it up. Did you hear me now? Say nothing to him about how he's supposed to love you. Did you hear me? He wasn't talking to you, he was talking to them. When he gets down, he says, uh, Wives, husbands, what do you say? That's not me. He ain't talking to me. I'm not the wife. That's not talking to me. Did he say husbands make your wife submit? No. <laughs> and if some husbands could get a revelation of that, <laughs> oh, buddy, it would sure change their life. Somebody said, "What if she won't submit?" Well, then she won't. I said, "Then what? That's it." What if you won't submit to the Lord? Is he going to make you submit? No. no, he's not. What does the scripture say? You submit yourself. And see, when you do that, you submit yourself to the Lord. You submit yourself to your leaders. The wife submits herself to the husband. It means something. That's right. It's worth something. Nobody's making them do this. Show this honor. Show this respect. Show this deference. The Lord's not into making us do anything. Has to be willingly. Has to be from our heart. He doesn't just want us to come to church. He wants us to want to. He doesn't just want us to pray. He wants us to want to. He doesn't just want us to give. He wants us to want to. He doesn't just want us to submit. He wants us to decide to. Amen. Want to. Even if our flesh doesn't want to in an area, we say, no, this is what's right. And this is what I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. We control ourselves and we obey the word. Read it again, Hebrews 13, 17, what does it say? Obey them, Obey them that have the rule over you and do what? Submit yourself. What's the understood subject here? You submit yourself. Who's going to do the submitting? Who's going to make you submit? You're going to make yourself, if you want to use the word like that. You're going to submit yourself, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. See, I have a responsibility, Phyllis has a responsibility concerning this faith life flock. Word pastor means shepherd. But you understand, Jesus is not called the good cowboy. He's called the what? Somebody said, why did you say that? Because there is a fundamental difference in how a cowboy handles a herd of cows as to how a shepherd handles a flock of sheep. Cowboys are sometimes called cow pokes. Why? Because they poke the cows, they get behind the cows, and they drive the cows. Eastern shepherds do not do that. They don't drive the flock. Read John 10 sometimes again carefully, and it talks about how the shepherd knows his sheep. And he calls them, and they follow. Everybody say follow. Follow. They follow him. Eastern shepherd would lead their flock. They knew every sheep by name. Fluffy and (laughs) Spot. And they'd call their names. Come on, Jiffy. Come on, Pop. Come on, Fluffy. Come on, Spot. Come on. And they would, the sheep would fall in behind him and follow him like little pet dogs. Is that right? He's not driving them. He's leading them and they're following. That's the way Jesus is and we're supposed to be. And even on the local level, that's the way the local shepherd. Well, what if people don't want to follow you? Well, then they won't. Hmm? What if people don't want to follow the East shepherd. Well, then they won't. But you hang back in the back and don't follow and you lose sight of the flock. There are wolves out there. That's right. Aren't there? Yeah. There are predators out there. The enemy is seeking whom he may devour. Right. So it's not up to uh, me as leaders. It's not up to you as a Christian to try to make people follow you or make people do what even what they should do or supposed to do. We're to set an example and we're to say, come on. Come on, let's go, let's do this. Right? And the people that want to, will. And the people that won't, won't. And that's life, and that's the way it is. So, well, they need to do it. They need to, I know it, but God's not going to make them, and you should not try. Because you get into trying to make somebody do something, and you leave the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The devil is a coercer. He's a forcer. He's the one that wants to control and manipulate and make people do things. That's why you see people read about it and see it. And, and even in modern times, people that are possessed, they feel they're driven. They feel like they're doing things even against their will, forced. So I wish the Holy Ghost would just take me over and just control me. He's not going to do it. Not now, not ever. He's not a controlling, driving spirit. He's the spirit of grace. Amen. He'll deal with you, but then it's up to you. Right? He'll lead you. He'll draw you. But then it's up to you whether you respond or not. And all of us should be that way. Amen. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves. He uses that same phrase again in the 24th verse of this same chapter. Three times in this chapter. Salute them that have the rule over you. So there are individuals in the kingdom that have a different place. And back to the story about the church the Lord sent me to. I went there and I preached on God gave gifts. And we talked about it. And I told him what the Lord said to me. I said, the Lord told me a thousand miles away that your pastor's car is not adequate. And that he should have a better car. And that if you want to do something about it, that'd be great. If not, I will do something about it. Well, man, they beat me to the punch, man. I mean, it was... Just like that. I mean, within a, a few minutes, money came from everywhere. Oh, thank you, Lord. And I think within a week or so, they bought him a brand new suburban, one of these that's f- uh, decked out with all the extra stuff. You know, I think mean, it had a video screen in the back and all this. Stuff. I mean, they put him in a nice place. And they went further than that. Within the next year and a half, they built him a house. And that was right. Hmm? Now, you know, when you talk about that, some people say, well, uh, yeah, you know, psh, wish somebody built me a house. <laughs> Ain't nobody bought me a car. Yeah, and like that, they never will. Right. Amen. <laughs> right. If you don't believe in a work or a church or people, don't pump money into them, but there ought to be somebody you believe in, right, Amen. right somewhere. Yeah. You need to be hooked up with something that you believe in, in God. Amen. And uh, then I said, well, the Lord said also that if you learn on and respect his things and his gifts, that he'll send some of his best to you. Now, they're way out in the sticks, a lot more than Branson. And they've called me from time to time, told me so and so's coming to speak for us. I said, huh? They are? Yeah. And so-and-so is going to come later in the year. I said, really? i mean, some of the biggest, strongest ministries in the country. And they're going to this little bitty place over nowhere. New- Why? And the next time I was there, there were new cars yeah. all over yeah. that parking lot. Just several new cars. Yeah. Glory to God. How many believe the scripture? You honor God. And what do you say? That's right. you. He would honor you. And see, he's honoring them in sending these people. Renowned ministries to them and in blessing them financially and all these things. So uh, I've been saying this in different ways, but let me qualify it and say it like this. We've said that one way you show honor is by reference, how you refer to things. Secondly, how you show honor is by preference, P-R-E-F-E-R, preference. The scripture said in Romans, uh, you know it, but we'll read it again to you. He said, be kindly affection to one another in brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. But then thirdly, we've been talking about this morning. Uh, you show honor by deference, D-E-F-E-R, deferring to people. And you might want to write this phrase down, defer to the greater anointing. Defer to the greater place. Go with me to Hebrews and see another scripture. That talks about this. There is so much to be understood in these areas. Don't you think? Do you believe it's important? Is it worth our time? I believe it is. In Hebrews. The seventh chapter. He's talking about. Abraham. And about how Melchizedek, the priest, met him. And how Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth part of all. And how Melchizedek blessed Abraham. How many understand Abraham, for lack of a better word? Well, no, this is a scripture word. He's a great man in the things of God. Isn't he? Somebody say, well, he was. No, he is. He's in heaven right now. You and I get to meet him before too long. And he is a great man in God. Out of all the people God could have chosen to be the father of faith. He chose Abraham and Sarah. And I'm going to stand for eternity. He's marked by that choice. And by that place. And that is to be and will be honored for eternity. Won't it be? Abraham, willing to offer up his only son for God in covenant with the Almighty. You know, you understand that him doing that gave God a legal right to give his only son for us. That's right. Amen. The devil, nobody could say anything about him doing it because he could say, hey, my man would do it for me. Covenant. Amazing. But Abraham has a place. In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a place in the kingdom of God. And even back in these days. He was a great man. Just in the earth. And the Bible says. When he met Melchizedek. I don't even know that he knew him before this. But when he met him. He honored him. He showed him deference. And gave to him a tenth of everything he had with him. Is Abraham honoring this man? This Melchizedek, I know there's mystery about him, but let's just suffice it to say he was acting as priest in this day. And he deferred to him. And then Melchizedek turns around and blesses, speaks blessing over Abraham. Mm -hmm. You know, some people today are so technical and legalistic. Oftentimes I'll say when I meet people or when I leave them, I'll say, well, bless you. And a lot of times people nowadays, they'll say, well, I am blessed. Thank you. Thank you, I am. Well, I guess you got all you want. Instead of being so technical about that, go back to the Bible and study it again. Did anybody else ever speak blessing over each other? You know, see, sometimes people think they're so word and so technical and they're just showing their ignorance. Besides, that is just rude. Thank you, I'm blessed. What do you mean? You don't want my blessing. Huh? How about if I pay off your car? Would that bless you? Why can't I say give you words that bless you too? If I could give you money, if I could give you... See what I'm talking about? People have thought wrong in these areas. And especially if I spoke words of faith over you. Or you spoke words of faith over me. No. What's the appropriate response? Somebody says, well, bless you. Thank you. 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 And bless you. What's wrong with that? That's good. He said in verse 6, Hebrews 7, 6, He whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, what does it say? The less is blessed of the better. The what? Does the Bible use the word less and better? Is there a lesser and greater place or rank or anointing? This wasn't just somebody off the street that came and blessed Abraham. He recognized something about this individual, didn't he? That was a greater place than he. As great a man as he was. And he deferred to the greater anointing. We need more teaching and understanding of this thing, because uh, said out loud this is scripture, said out loud, "The less, the less is blessed, blessed of, the of the better." Now, you know, actually, that word could be translated, I think, greater, greater. Because in God, I'm you or I or anybody above me, or none of us would be intrinsically better than the other, but you'd have a better rank or a greater rank. A greater place. And I've had people, you know, that never been in ministry, never, you know, walked with God very long, but they got filled with the Spirit and decided three days later that they're a prophet, and come and want to lay hands on me and minister to me. Well, most of the time, that'd be inappropriate. Or I've seen people want to do the same thing. They're two years old in God. And uh, they're excited about their ministry and their anointing. And come to somebody like Dr. Kenneth Hagin. With what, 65, 6 years in the ministry? Man who's been privileged with visitations of the head of the church. And they want to lay hands on him and minister to him. What did the scripture say? Tell me again. The less is blessed of the greater. Now see, a lot of that's inappropriate, isn't it? And a lot of these people that are just babies don't understand. We ought not be mean, but at the same time, we ought to smile and say, well, no, no. I don't want you to lay hands on me. Did you hear me? Sometimes people, you know, they don't even have what they're wanting to minister to you. They don't have it. So they couldn't minister it. Now, that doesn't mean God couldn't use somebody. Somebody. In a special situation, he could put his hand on them. And in that case, somebody who was of a greater place would know it. Right. Did you hear me? Yeah. They would know it. That's right. And they'd say, yeah, do it, minister. But how many understand in that case, they would be greatly honoring them right. to let them yeah. minister to them. That's right. Do you see two sides of, of this thing here? Yeah. Honor. The person of the lesser place should show honor by acknowledging the greater rank and place Amen. and deferring to it. The person of the greater place can show honor to the lesser place by being gracious. Right. Amen. Yes. By being gracious to them and allowing them something. But both of them are honor. Just because you're the head of something doesn't mean that everybody has to adapt to you in every little whim of yours. If you're a godly person, you're going to be gracious. Amen. And a lot of things that you didn't hear from God about, and you don't have to do it. It's just a matter of personal preference. You'll be gracious and go, well, how do you want to do it? Amen. Hmm? Amen. How do you want to do it? Well, I want to go to McDonald's. Well, I want to go to Burger King. <laughs> well, you're the head. <laughs> Yeah, but did God say anything about either one of them, you know? Right. So you can say, well, yeah, I know I'm in charge, but let's go to where you want to go. Do you see what I'm talking about? Being gracious. And in doing so, they're showing you honor, aren't they? And yeah. allowing you what you desired. That's right. But you showed them honor by saying it's your choice. Yeah. I have seen this work. In every area, I'm thinking right now about some husbands and wives. Man, how I've seen this work. When the man would shut up and quit trying to make his wife submit. And the wife quit being scared about the whole deal. And begin, you know, and maybe she had, I'm thinking of a certain situation right now. She had a certain thing in mind and she wanted to do it. But she told him, well, you're the head of the house. What do you say? And then he turned around and said, well, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you see this? She honored him in saying, well, it's your place. It's your call. But it wasn't something that he'd said he'd really heard from the Lord about, about direction for the family. So he turns around and honors her and says, well, what do you like? We'll do it your way. Isn't that grace and gracious? Isn't that the way to live? Are you with me? Well, we got some think. I can hear some rusty gears, that haven't turned over in a while. (laughs) People are like, "Mm, "I got to think about this." Yeah, you do. Got to think about this. You better look at this, and get into scriptures with this. Can you say Amen? Amen. Go to uh, Leviticus 19, and I'll endeavor to close with this. Leviticus 19. Everybody say reference, preference. And deference. Actually, these overlap, you understand. They overlap. But I'm dividing them for definition purposes. How do you defer to the greater place? Well, you know, Phyllis and I know a little bit about this. Just from a practical standpoint. We've had the privilege of serving with uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagen and Miss Aretha Hagen for a number of years. And years after we had our own ministry and had national ministry and international ministry, we were still serving with them. In fact, at one point where our ministry got to be really demanding time-wise, and I thought, well, you know, we got our own ministry. The Lord told me in a time of prayer, He said, I did not release you from serving them. And I said, yes, sir. And so we immediately dropped things. Everybody say, drop things." Drop things. Now, see, you know, You get in from a meeting and you got a desk full of stuff and you got a bunch of stuff going on. And then somebody else has something going on. They had some things going on. The Lord told us, defer. Well, how do you do that? Well, we'd show up then. And if they wanted something, we tried to see that it happened. And if they wanted a certain kind of loaf of bread at 10 o'clock at night, we scoured the place and found that loaf of bread. Hmm? So I say, yeah, but you got your own ministry and you got all this other stuff going on. That does not matter. Everybody say deferring. Deferring. And if they wanted to do something, it didn't matter what we had planned. How many know you're supposed to be that way with the Lord? But how are you that way with the Lord practically? Mm -hmm. You're that way. You demonstrate that in life by being that way with people. people. That's how it's demonstrated. That's how it's shown. You know, unless they just asked us, what do you want to do? We tried not to think about that. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. I know when I first started helping, I'd go back to the speaker's room. And uh, Dr. Hagen is, sometimes can be a quiet man. I'm sitting back there, just he and I. And I'm thinking, man... I'm like the cat that got the canary. Look here, I'm sitting back here with the man of God. Now's my opportunity to ask my big questions. And so I, uh we sat there for minutes and nothing was said. And I finally, I asked him this very important question. <laughs> and he said, hmm. And that was it. And so silence and nothing happened. and We had the service and the next day came around, next day. And finally I thought, well, I'll try that again. <laughs> so I, I had this certain thing I was thinking about and I thought, well, you know, boy, he might know something about that. So I tried to be nice and approach it right. And I asked my big question and he said, mm-hmm. well, you all go ahead and get ready for the service. He says, wind it up good. That was it. And it took me about another time of that. And I realized that I was doing the wrong thing. I shouldn't be trying to get him to conform to me. To talk about what I want to talk about. That's not showing respect. I should try to see what does he want to talk about? Are y'all listening now? What does he want to talk? Is there anything on his mind? Or does he just want to be quiet? Deference, let me read the definition of deferring to you. Deference means submission to or courteous yielding to. The wishes or judgment of another. Yielding to, submitting to. Courteous respect, another one says. Now let me give you this, this is a very vital and important one. One of the biggest ways you show disrespect to people is by interrupting them when they're talking. Did you hear me? Yeah. I know some people grew up this way. They grew up with everybody yelling and talking and interrupting each other, and they think that's just normal. That's not okay. I we say, well, I think it is. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> Amen. It's not okay. That's right. Let's say I'm talking. And you interrupt me. You say, well, I know you're in the middle of something, but let me say this. What did you just get through saying and do it? You got through saying, by your actions, you're saying, what I'm saying is not important. And that what you want to say is so important, you can't wait 30 seconds for me to finish my sentence. Hmm? And that what I'm thinking and what I'm saying is not important. And that what you're thinking and want to say is all important and everybody should shut up and stop and let you talk because you are the man with the word. (laughs) Do you want to say that to people? No. Especially to somebody, an elder or somebody of a different place, a greater place. In Leviticus, are you there? Leviticus 19 and 32. This is one aspect, but it shows a whole realm of things. Leviticus 19.32 says, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary, or that means the gray head, and honor the face of the old man. Now, actually, I think the Hebrew is better there. It talks about aged. To us, old man is not a respectful phrase. Aged man. And fear your God I am the Lord. What would that have to do with fear in God? It's respect. An elder walks into the room. What's he saying? Get up. Get up out of your seat. Don't sit there. Make them walk over to you. That's not deferring. That's not showing honor. Talking about an elder. You get up. You go to them. You say, here, take my seat. Amen. It's a good seat. You know, you read about Samuel, the prophet, and how he told, God told him Saul was his choice for a king. And nobody knew it at the time. And he called him in. And he put a special chair at the table for him. And he picked out a special part of the meat. And he had it special prepared. And he showed preference. And he showed deferment. Why? Not just because of the man. Because of God's choice. And in showing that respect to that person, he's honoring God. Everybody say deferring. deferring. Now, endeavor to practice this immediately concerning your words. Are we to honor each other? Yeah, the Bible talks about not just honoring a different place, but just in honor, preferring one another. Get serious about this interrupting thing. It's a bad thing. It's a lack of control. It's fleshiness. It's pride. Get a hold of that. Especially if an elder is talking or somebody of a greater place, zip it. Be quiet. I, f- I began to learn some of those things. Later on, you know, people were always wanting to get to him and talk to him. Brother Hagin, I'm talking about. And one time, if he was gracious enough to let a fella come talk to him just minutes before we were supposed to go do this service again. Well, I got up to leave. He said, no, you stay. So I sat back down. And this fellow came in, and he talked. And he talked. And he talked. And he talked. Talk, yak, 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 yak. <laughs> And I'm, you know, I'm just young in the Lord myself, but I'm sitting there silent thinking you should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this, you know, you should shut up because Brother Hagin just sitting there going. Mm, mm, mm. And finally, the guy just kept went on and on telling his all his life story. You know, one thing Brother Hagin also said, he said, you already know everything you know. He didn't tell him that. I'm talking about another time. He said, you already know everything you know. You don't usually learn by talking. You already know what you know. You learn by listening. And uh, finally that fellow went on and on. And uh, he finally wound down. And Brother Hagin looked at his watch and said, well, I got to go. He said, uh, good to meet you. And got up and left. Well, because he did have to go, the guy had used up all his time just talking. Well, that's a lack of honor, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It's a lack of respect. Mm -hmm. Deferring means where do you want to go? What do you want to eat? Where do you want to stay? What do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. And let people change on you. If you start out a certain way and they start talking about something else, get a clue. Be sharp. Just hush. Stop that and go with them. Are you with me? Everybody say deferring. Deferring. Honoring. Honoring. And what will happen to you? We read this in Matthew a while back. If you receive a prophet or even a righteous man in the name of, as one, what do you get? You get the full reward of that ministry. If you receive them as just common uh, John... Smith and whatever you know and they're no better than me and I know as much as they do well you're not going to receive the reward well they're just human like I am well sure they are what kind of people does God use? (laughs) huh? (laughs) they're not aliens everybody comes from somewhere everybody say honor Honor. to whom honor honor. is due. due and when you honor God He honors you. Stand on your feet, please. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart to the Lord. Let's honor Him for a few minutes this morning. Just play something soft. Let's show honor and respect to the Lord. Lord, there's nobody greater in our life than you. Nobody we love more. Nobody we respect more. Forgive us. Say it out loud. Forgive us for not showing respect. Not showing honor when we should have. Forgive us for despising in ignorance. Enlighten us. Help us to see you at work. Help us to see and to fully appreciate and value your gifts, your things. Your church, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and just exercise that a little bit. Just lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you. Lord, we thank you for our uh, the Word of God. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for all these wonderful things. Thank you for the healing anointing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these men and women that you've given us over the years. That have been such blessings to our life. Thank you for giving us each other. Thank you for our family. We do not take any of them for granted. They're valuable. They're precious. They are gifts to us. From you. In Jesus name. Oh hallelujah. Oh thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge.